You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. On September 8th, Suffolk County officials made the shocking realization that they were in the midst of a cybersecurity breach. Within hours, county email, internet, and even many phones had to be shut down. To raise awareness and help counties learn from this most recent attack, NYSEC convened a briefing for more than 100 county officials from across the state with presentations from representatives from Suffolk County. This episode features excerpts from these presentations. We'll first hear from Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone. This is for us, uh, and all of my colleagues here are very familiar with this, is an emergency. We are dealing with this as a emergency, as we did during the pandemic, as we do with storms, uh, and uh, we have our incident command structure established and, and set up. Uh, as Steve just mentioned, this is all in, uh, in terms of county government, because it's impacting every aspect of, of county government. And so when this happens, um, you're immediately going into that emergency uh, environment. And uh, one of the first things you're doing, of course, is reaching out to your partners. Uh, first on that list is the state. Uh, and I certainly want to thank uh, Governor Hochul and, and New York State, uh, who has been uh, tremendous in providing resources and assistance. And I'll give a quick example uh, on something related to continuity of operations. But the state police, um, you know, we had our system down uh, and, of course, having to uh, process and, and fingerprint uh, people who are uh, arrested. Uh, and unable to do that, uh, the state police barracks were and have been utilized by the Suffolk County Police Department uh, to do that processing and uh, do the fingerprinting. And uh, that happened immediately. That's something we, we put together immediately. Uh, but we've been working uh, very closely with DISHES, uh, Department of Homeland Security at the state, uh, Commissioner Bray and, and uh, her team and the entire cybersecurity team We've leaned on them. That ver- that is very important, and having those resources there at the state level, uh, very important in a situation like this. And then also at the federal level, uh, working with law enforcement and the FBI as well. That's been very important because when you're dealing with this, you have a, a few things that you're managing at the same time. Number one, you know this is an ongoing crime essentially. When when this is a ransomware attack, you are dealing with a, a, a criminal uh, element and an ongoing crime that you have to uh, manage uh, and work with law enforcement from that perspective. Same time, you have to deal with a threat actor that is largely unknown to you with very uh, little information, particularly at the, at the beginning of exactly what the threat uh, looks like in terms of what, they, what they're able to threaten you with uh, and getting a understanding of that and getting your hands around that is critically important. So that's happening um, you know, on, on one part of this. The other part, of course, that we're all familiar with is that continuity of operations. When you shut down the system like this, and, and we shut the system down uh, when these alerts happened. This wasn't shut down by someone. 
but we shut it down, knowing that there were impacts and, and beginning the process of immediately uh, working to determine what those were. And we're still in the middle of this and still going through that process. Uh, but we did, in fact, shut the system down, and that has immediate impacts throughout um, county operations. And again, you know, uh, Lisa uh, Black, Chief Deputy, uh, will be talking about some of those continuity of operations. Uh, but that is uh, critically important. You're managing the the criminal uh, law enforcement aspect of this working to get an understanding of exactly what the threat you're facing is and then managing the government operations and making sure you're continuing to deliver those critical services. At the same time, the other thing I will add in there is the management of the media. This is a unique environment in which you're dealing with unknown criminal uh, elements or threat actors um, who may be working to communicate through the media with you and messaging and things you might say um, could have an impact on events and how they unfold and what happens. So managing that uh, element of it is, is very important. We're all accustomed to communications and managing uh, the media through, through crises, but the, the threat actor piece of this um, creates an additional layer of complication. Uh, when you're managing this. So as I say, we are still uh, in the midst of this. Uh, we are still going through this. There will be plenty of lessons learned. I'm determined that we will come out of this uh, in a, uh, at the end of this, this will be uh, a, a process that uh, ended up making the county more secure and in a better position moving forward and recognizing that um, this will be we're, we're at the beginning of the information age, truly. And this will be an ongoing effort. You're never going to reach a point where everything is safe and secure. You do everything you can to harden that infrastructure, have to be implementing best practices, monitoring that uh, uh, secure system effectively, and then constantly updating it. That is the world we are in now. Uh, and um, you know, it's not uh, not a pleasant situation to be in, but uh, everyone on this call has managed emergencies and crises for sure. Uh, the latest, of course, being the pandemic. Uh, I want to um, also just say a thank you uh, to one of my colleagues who um, has been uh, uh, tremendous um, from the start, and that's uh, our neighbor to the uh, west, NASA County Executive Bruce Blakeman. Um, you know, from, from day one on this, we got a call, I got a call uh, directly from the county executive and, uh, uh, you know, and said anything that we need. And he has certainly uh, delivered on that. And we truly appreciate it. And that's what we do. Uh, and that's why this organization and, and um, the collegiality that we all have is, is so important because we do uh, lean on one another and we do learn things from one another. Next, you'll hear from Lisa Black, Chief Deputy County Executive and Unified Commander of Suffolk County Cyber Response Team to discuss a timeline of events and how the county is continuing its operations. We are on day 21. I start out our morning call uh, every morning with our, um, our executive team uh, and our OEM, our police commissioner, and our IT commissioner to talk about where we are, what, what we did yesterday, what we completed, what our mission is for that day. So it really sets everybody's morning. Um, 
on a path to uh, at least with some goals, right? We don't want to flatline anything. But um, I do want to just say that, you know, we all just came out of COVID and COVID for a lot of us was a very tangible event. We got a lot done in a little bit of time. There were periods when we were frightened to go into work because we were, you know, afraid to get sick, to bring that home to our families. But um, we really were the backbone for the rest of the society as they were closing their doors and the economy was really turning down. Um, and, you know, that fear didn't stop us from doing what we needed to do. Um, we're not all first responders, but in that instance, we really were the last men and women standing uh, to provide those services. So, you know, being very proud public servant, here we are in a new scenario where um, it's essentially taking your ICS, you know, incident command structure. Um, you have at the at the peak of COVID, we had our health commissioner who was the incident commander. This is really just replacing that with the IT commissioner, fortunately. Um, so that's that structure works um, for any scenario. A lot of you use it for storms, for floods, um, for everything else. So um, I would just say, you know, keep taking a look at that, making sure that the ICS training that is offered for free online through FEMA, uh, and you know that you guys offer a lot of the emergency management training uh, through NISAC once a year, that it's important that you get it. It's important that your, your, your second in command gets it. It's also important that your, your other top tier staff uh, receive that training and, and keep it updated, right? There are a few things besides Article 2B that we all need to be knowing. Um, and so I would just start with uh, this event occurred uh, on or about December 8th, which um, we knew that we were in, the, um, in an active intrusion environment. And so we started closing systems off. And what that means is you're basically turning off emails um, for, for departments in a rolling fashion, um, because what you're trying to do at that stage in an IT environment is contain whatever's coming at you. Um, and the best way to do that is to turn things off so that they can't keep coming at you. Um, so that is like really the primary response. Uh, and so we, we started with emails and again, probably five hours later, we uh, decided um, looking at our, our, you know, when you get pinged, when you see something happening in your system and you're, you're looking at it, if you're still getting pinged with our emails turning down, we're gonna need to turn off the access to the internet. So we were able to contain our system that way. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, um, we, I have, you all know that we have several deputy county executives <laughs> uh, because of the size of our county. I had each of those deputy county executives calling their commissioners because people at that stage just didn't know why they couldn't get into their systems. The internet was, you know, was acting up. Um, and I had each of them calling commissioners and saying, hey, this is a rolled, right? We're not in a, a test environment. We're rolling this down. You know, I need you to communicate that with your staff that we're going to have some interoperability uh, issues for at very least today, perhaps tomorrow. So ironically, they took that very well. Um, and, and they started communicating that to, you know, their supervisors so that everybody would know. This wasn't a go home, there's no work to do kind of scenario. This was, we're, this is what's happening. Start to pivot and how you're going to operate without those tools. Um, I teased that it was basically 1990 again, right? So we went out there and we had to use pen and paper. Um, we called, they called Bruce Blakeman and said, uh, do you have any analog phones we could be using? Because a lot of us are, have networked phones. 
Um, so all of those things were in process to get resources to be able to communicate to the public because at the end of the day, uh, we're public servants and our primary mission is to serve our public. And um, without access to the internet that people have heavily relied on over the last two or three years, uh, more so because of COVID, we had to do a complete 180 and say, can you pick up the phone and have a conversation? So um, that, that, I think that was a little bit of a pivot uh, and as quick as it was, um, we did pretty well with that. So I immediately called uh, our police department. Uh, some of you have police departments, some of you have um, sheriffs. And one of the first things we needed to do, right, in any continuity of operations plan is to maintain mission critical systems. And so I called, you know, our, our uh, I think he's an inspector of um, Homeland Security. And I said, listen, this is what's coming in. This is all I know right now. Obviously, we're in a verification period, but I need you to start to pivot. And that call may be coming in in 15 minutes. It may be coming in an hour. It might not come at all, but this is it. Like, we're, we're real. This is not, this is activation. Um, and so that call, phone call was immediately after I was alerted. I, it was kind of instinctive. Um, the second phone call was um, to Dishes. Um, I, I'm lucky in the fact that I got to work for Dishes for several years in the governor's office before uh, my current capacity. And so second call was to them. They know I'm not an alarmist. I called and they said, this is what's happening. Um, I know that my email will also be turned down. A lot of our contacts are in our emails, right? So um, the bureau, for example, I asked for one of the contacts of the individuals that we work with closely. And I said, can you just make sure I get that? And interestingly, he said, I'll email that to you. It's just instinctive. And I said, no, 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 text it. Please text it. Um, and all this time I was using my personal phone, just so you know, uh, you know, I didn't know what was impacted by way of endpoints. Endpoints is your laptop, your desktop, or your uh, cell phone. And so uh, any county issued, in, you know, I was just turning it all off. That, that is, that's exactly what we've been trained to do. Um, so all that was, that was happening on my personal phone. And then uh, within the hour, I just went right across to our IT commissioner's office. I took over his whiteboard. I put together, you know, we don't have time to go through paper and look at what I should be doing next. He's actively responding to this with his staff. I need to go through and let them know what phone calls need to be communicated, right? Our legislature, if they're not into their emails or they're seeing something, I needed to make sure that they were aware. So for us, our legislature, we have a presiding officer, um, a minority leader, and uh, the, the chair of government operations. I wanted at the very least the three of them to be aware that we were rolling down our systems. Um, and then, you know, the subsequent notifications have to go to your other countywide elected officials because while they're not agencies of, of the county, they are, uh, they're going to be impacted by, by any kind of shutdown. So we, we went through that. Um, and again, by, by five o'clock, the internet was fully down. Uh, I think my first phone call with all of our department heads was about seven or eight o'clock that night. And just trying to keep calm. Um, I, I will tell you that on the eighth, as this was evolving, it was the eighth, uh, might've been the next day, uh, we saw polio um, come into play in Nassau County. Um, they, it was in their wastewater system. So, you know, you don't have a lot of time to watch the news, but as I was passing the TV, I said, okay, Nassau got polio, we got cyber, what else could happen? And, and then the queen died. Um, so, 
you know, just for awareness, like all of this going on. The, the fact that those other two items were happening in our region really did keep the pressure, the outside pressure off uh, because media outlets were covering some of those things. So some of this is, is just happy circumstance um, and work to our benefit. Uh, it was also uh, right before 9-11 and uh, you know, the, the memorial celebrations were happening that weekend. So people were otherwise engaged. Um, so Thursday, we turned everything off. We started getting our commissioners to pivot that night. What would you need to communicate with the public? Um, how many of you have analog phones? How many of you have fax machines that are not networked? Uh, so we started compiling essentially a, um, a logistics list, who needs what? And then you know we started to um, bring in our fire uh, or OEM team to uh, to plan the logistics, right? Now we're, now we're starting to expand what the breadth of our operation is gonna look like making sure that they have that ability to communicate as public servants, super important. We knew Friday we wouldn't have the internet or email. Um, we didn't want people to be reaching us or filling out applications for what, you know, any host of services that we offer um, and not be getting responses. We didn't, now I start to um, have them think what is critical, right? This is continuity of operations. What is your crit the most critical application that you do? Um, and I can say across the board, we're all in the same scenario. It's always going to be public safety, and it's always going to be some function of DSS where you have to worry about the most vulnerable. Um, will they be able to access benefits? Um, how are those processed? How do we interact with state agencies or federal agencies to secure a lot of that? Um, and so, you know, when we turned on the internet, how are we going to be able to look things up? We, um, in our county, and a lot of you also have health systems, but you have either clinics, uh, nursing homes, and or hospitals. Uh, I could say that today we are fortunate not to have those <laughs> uh, that are operated by us. So, um, you know, our health, it, when we're talking about HIPAA and all of those, those breach notifications, we haven't uh, really had to focus on that, but I think for you, you probably will have to. So that part of your planning should be led by your health commissioner and, and other things. It's really just an outgrowth of your incident command. Um, so we wound up getting every, you know, our commissioners kind of associated and then on, uh, we worked all weekend to say, how can we create a landing page whereby somebody who wanted to access services in the county, the public needs to communicate with us. Because now I already had phones that were going and plugging in all weekend. Uh, we had faxes that were operational and the state of New York is, is great because they use fax more than most people I know. <laughs> um, and, uh, and the public they just want to know how they can reach us. So we had that operational. We made sure that all their phones and their trunk lines were appropriately connected. Um, so one of the first systems we were able to return um, after being without internet for two, um, two and a half working days was uh, a, a landing page that we put up on our website. And so, um, I don't know how the technology works to have a landing page open if you don't have the internet, but it does. <laughs> so um, that doesn't make a lot of sense to most of us, but yes, we were able to have a landing page. We were able to create, uh, you know, some little messaging about, and you guys can all go look at it right now. It is safe to do so, I will say that, um, SuffolkCountyNY.gov. And you'll be able to see that we've outlined each of our departments and ways to communicate. Um, that's actually been great. Um, 
But with that, right, then your departments start asking for what can I have next? They think this is a two-day event. Um, and so what can they have next? And they and we um, we worked with Microsoft to develop a plan to have critical emails available, right? And so everybody um, we started we started asking department heads really on on uh, the following Monday. So you know, after I got them phones and, and faxes and, and hard equipment, we, we asked, okay, what now you have to start thinking about actual credit. We're out without an email this week. You know, we kind of just do it week by week. And we started our SIT reports, right? Everybody knows what a SIT report because you have a storm. Um, the SIT report is a situational report that we asked our department heads to basically outline what complications they were having internally. They are your subject matter experts. I don't know how every one of these departments, I'm not even gonna to profess to try and know. Um, so they, and we said, okay, what are your most critical issues for the next three days? And then we started expanding that to five days. And so every night that is updated by every one of our commissioners. Some of them, if they're larger departments are allowing their, um, their department heads, right, their unit heads to go in there. You know, wastewater would have somebody sanitation and highway would have somebody so that it all came up through DPW. So that's helpful because it outlaw it helps them uh, stay focused with what their goal is. Um, one of those issues being payments, right? How are we making payments to um, DSS uh, shelter operators, uh, to foster care families? Um, and so we worked closely with our independently elected controller to ensure that those payments were, were able to be made. Um, and so it's not as easy as just going into the, your computer because you can't anymore to see the formatting and print a check. So we, um, our newspaper coined it. We went old school and, uh, and so did he. And what he did was we went to the bank. He authorized some payments. He authorized, uh, you know, some, some written checks back to the old checkbook uh, to be made for those critical pieces that um, we could just not do without. And our public frankly, shouldn't have to do without because we're in a little bit of a crisis. And I think that's probably all I can say. The concurrent, you know, criminal organization is doing their thing and the criminal investigation is ongoing. So not a lot I can say about that. Um, but I do want to just bring out those high level items for you in your timeline. So as you're, as you're refining your coops and as you're refining your um, countywide emergency management plan, the SEM, uh, make sure you have an annex for for cyber, it's important, um, and it's important for all of your commissioners and directors to to be part of that, so that they understand it. And when they're faced with it, that they uh, they don't need an education as much as uh, direction and, and uh, perseverance, really. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of County Conversations. NISAC is committed to raising awareness and providing resources on cybersecurity, including a recently updated primer for county leaders. There is also NISAC's IT task force, an advisory group designed to include a range of county officials that work directly and indirectly with IT, data, and security. For these resources, make sure to visit nisac.org cyber.